0: Hey, being at work listeners. Do you want to get better at the work you're currently engaged in? Well, maybe you should step away from it and try something completely different. That's one of my key takeaways from the conversation with today's guest. Her story is also a lesson in the value of supportive relationships along the way. Jennifer Taylor is the head of people and communities at Thousand Eyes, a division of Cisco. But what you really need to know about Jennifer is the empathy and the level of understanding she has now for leaders who make trade-offs and tough decisions every day. Listen in as we talk about creating an environment that creates a feeling of we aren't going to let you fail and cultivating a healthy relationship with fear. You'll walk away inspired to hone your craft through new experiences and a strong support system. Check it out.
1: What a journey it's been. I have been an HR practitioner for the better part of the last 20 years. I have been incredibly fortunate to work for a series of great leaders inside of great technology companies. And that journey has taken me down several different roles and responsibilities within the craft of HR, starting with really a focus on systems and data. And then quickly realizing that my passion was in business partner work and spent a great bit of my career focused there before I started progressing into various HR leadership roles. And so that's really been the journey. And I think part of what we're going to talk about today is I was at a certain inflection point in my career, given the opportunity to take a bit of an off-ramp and do something non-traditional in the HR career journey. I still remember the first time we talked Jennifer and I was asking you about
0: a pivotal moment and immediately it was that inflection point you brought up where you did something completely different. I so appreciate the story because you're so passionate about our profession. I love how you just called HR your craft, but that you did something so different to get better at that. Tell us about that inflection point.
1: I mentioned that I've always had a keen interest or passion around HR technology because one of the very first roles I was given in HR was really focused on HRIS data entry, learning the quality of good data in, good data out, going through a couple of different implementation and displacements of HRIS tools at some enterprise software companies where I was working. And I felt like that was a great foundation for me as I moved into the business partner roles, because ideally you need to be able to discern the data to bring value to your customers. What is interesting is years later, what I could not have predicted was I had the opportunity to join a company called Appirio. And Appirio was a global technology solutions provider. And Appirio's mission was to help the large enterprise move from on-premise solutions to the cloud. And they did that that namely through partnerships with Salesforce, and with Google Enterprise. And after we had been at it as an organization for a few years, it became clear that the third leader in that cloud space that we wanted to partner with was Workday. And it created an opportunity for me to step out of the head of people role at Aperio and take a business-facing, customer-facing role, helping establish that partnership as an implementation service provider to Workday customers. And I found myself at this crossroads of potentially embarking on a role that was not focused on running the talent side of the business day in, day out, but really focusing on building a sales and consulting division of the company to support the Workday community. How did that role come up for you? Yeah, it's interesting. As a senior leadership team, as we were making decisions about who the strategic partners would be for Aperio, again, Workday was far and away being established as a leader in the cloud enterprise. And really, over the course of a number of conversations with the CEO, Chris Barvin of Aperio and other members of the senior leadership team, they came to me with an opportunity and said, listen, at the end of the day, we need to be able to speak to our customers about the science of HR. And we need someone at that table who can empathize and understand what HR leaders are going through in this transformation with HR technology. And we think of the senior leaders here, you are most equipped to do that. And so an opportunity was presented. So, how did you feel about that? What was your initial reaction? I think my initial reaction was, Are you crazy? And Chris might even confirm that. I think at any stage of my personal and professional development i think there's a healthy amount of fear before i take a step before i embrace a new challenge and i remember chris and the team presented this idea a day or two before I was headed off on a vacation with my family. And I remember that vacation every morning, my husband and I would go for a walk and this should I, or shouldn't I sort of consumed the walk every morning. But as I reflected back on that over the years, I knew in my gut, this was a leap that I wanted to take. I wanted to trust myself and I just needed those voices around me that I also trusted to say, it's okay, Jen, lean in, take the leap. But yes, if I'm being completely honest, my first instinct was, I'm not sure I can do this.
0: I so appreciate the language that you used, this healthy amount of fear and those normal feelings of self-doubt. Before we talk about you leaping and leveraging the voices around you, talk more about a healthy amount of fear because you said that that has been with you throughout your career and what makes it healthy?
1: One of the things that I continually try to embrace is what I call a healthy relationship with fear. And by that, I mean, it's enough that I weigh the pros and cons of whatever challenge I'm about to embark on. My personality is one that I've got to make my pros and cons list before I make the decision. But I try to keep that fear in check. And not prevent me from trusting that gut instinct that I have to go for it and to believe in myself. I think that there is a healthy amount of fear when we're leaning into something new or a challenge. I mean, I think about, quite honestly, when my husband and I were deciding to start a family, there was a healthy amount of fear. We really didn't know if that was going to be a successful venture or not. And here we are, our oldest turns 14 tomorrow. And I look back on that now and think, thank goodness we decided to take the leap and go for it. So yes, I have to make those pros and cons list, but I try to really listen to my intuition. And if something deep inside says, Jen, lean into this, you've got this. I really try to let that voice win out. Yeah, it sounds like it's a
0: head and a heart conversation. And I imagine on these walks on the beach with your husband, as you're weighing the options and the should I or shouldn't I, there's such good conversation that comes out of that as the two of you are talking through it.
1: Yeah, you know, I talk about those other people that we all have in our life, whether they be your immediate family members, your partners, or even professional sponsors that you have in your life. There was a conversation that needed to be had between my husband and I about how taking this opportunity would potentially change some of the dynamics in our own relationship and in our own life. We had a young daughter at that time. And and, you know, we were in a bit of a rhythm and this was going to upset that, if you will. It meant I was going to start traveling and have a pretty demanding schedule and I was going to need him to be willing to also Step into this with me. And while I, I think, innately knew I could do it from a work ethic perspective, from an intellectual perspective, from a technical skills perspective, there was a lot I had to learn, but I really trusted I had the skill set to do it. I needed also, I think, to hear from my partner, I've got your back. I think that gave me that nudge.
0: You also had a lot of support professionally as well. You said, I knew in my gut, it was a leap I wanted to take. You just needed affirmation from trusted advisors. And so clearly you had that in your husband. You also had that within your leadership. Absolutely.
1: I mean, I've mentioned at the beginning, I continue to be in awe of the mentors that I've had along the way. And I don't take that lightly I am grateful for every one of those relationships and what they've brought to my life personally and professionally. At the very onset, the biggest gift was that there were leaders around me that identified a skill set and an opportunity in me that I couldn't even see in myself. And I think as leaders in the HR community, in the business community, that's our job. To pass that on. Our job is to take action when we see someone that we think hasn't even tapped into their full potential, to make space and create opportunity to bring those folks along with us. And yes, while I got to that point where I felt confident enough to lean into my gut and take that leap, I got there because I had people that I looked up to and that I trusted implicitly in that business context. to say, Jen, of course you've got this. Let's do it, right? Let's go for it. And had there not been that confidence and enthusiasm on the other side of the table, it would have been a lot harder for me to find that healthy relationship with fear.
0: I just hear such a strong safety net in the leap for you, like that we got you. And I remember when we first talked, Jennifer, you told me that they created this environment of we aren't going to let you fail. That really resonated with me. It's a great way to describe the psychological safety that we're hearing so much about today.
1: Yeah. It's such an important component. And I should say for me personally, I've actually just come off of a couple of day business offsite with a senior leadership team that I get to be a part of. And we spent some time talking about the Enneagram and our styles, right? In those conversations, we talked a lot about psychological safety, our relationship with fear, like how we embrace that. And so I want to recognize that it's different for everyone. I don't want to overgeneralize that. But for me, that knowing that I have a community behind me makes me better, makes me stronger. And that community shows up in my friends, in my family, and in my professional relationships. We didn't know it at the time. I didn't have the words psychological safety to put on it at the time. But when I think back to the organization that we had and the leadership team we had at Appirio, it was really the basis of the company's culture that we built. It wasn't just unique to the senior leadership team or to the relationship that I had with the senior leaders that were giving me the support to do this. It really was the foundation of the culture of the company that we built, which is we trust each other and we have each other's back and we are going to make our customers successful But we're going to bring each other along the way. And when these leaders looked at me and said, listen, we're not going to let you fail. We're not going to let the customer fail. That's what I needed. That ultimately gave me the okay. Because again, it's personal, my style, my greatest fear, honestly, was that I wasn't the right person for the job and that it would somehow jeopardize our success as a team and jeopardize the success of our customers, right? And so knowing that that safety was there was critical for me.
0: Yeah, their belief in you, their confidence really helped to alleviate that. So you took the leap and how did it go?
1: It was by far one of the most unique and rewarding career experiences I've had to date. I'm careful how I say that because I am embarking in a journey and a chapter right now inside of an enterprise I never thought I'd get the opportunity to be a part of. And so that has its own rewards and challenges. But as I look back on that period, I never could have known the lessons that I would learn in terms of just empathy. First off, these leaders, particularly in customer facing organizations that I've spent a great bit of my career supporting, I had no idea the empathy I would develop until I actually got to walk a mile in their shoes. And I think that as HR leaders, that's incredibly important.
0: You've talked about you are a better HR leader. You're a stronger HR leader because of having stepped out of the function and leading in different ways in the
1: business. Absolutely. I think just living on an airplane, (laughs) for one, right? The balance and the challenges that that demands of our teammates that we support, the pressure of carrying a quota for an organization, being the person that the customer calls with the escalation when the project isn't going the way that it was intended to go, having to actually take those calls and show up and be on site Monday morning to deal with whatever that crisis is and to be supporting and bringing along a team through that journey, not just the customer. All lessons that I don't know that I would have learned had I not had that opportunity. So it's a level of
0: understanding that you got through that process. And in three years, right, three years you were in that
1: role. Is that right? Right. Three years. And like I said, I learned a level of empathy and leadership. It took my multitasking skills to a whole nother level (laughs) as a business leader, as a wife, as a mom, a daughter and a sister, right? Like these are all hats that I wear on a daily basis. And so it taught me that it's okay that not everything's always going to be in balance, that you can't actually wear all those hats at exactly the same time. And that's okay. So this notion of work-life balance, it's never actually perfectly in balance and that's okay. I'm so grateful to have learned that. It was a very trying time. I don't want to romanticize it. There were hard, lonely weeks traveling. There were things that I missed family-wise, but there were also wins as well. I learned a great deal through that experience.
0: Yeah, I hear all of that. What I love so much about this, Jennifer, it's not as much about the business knowledge, is it? It's about the relationships and the level of empathy you gained through your experiences, those things that have really strengthened you as a leader.
1: I think I approach my relationships with the people that I get to be on teams with today or the people that I have the opportunity to lead. I definitely try to come from a place of first understanding who is this whole person? What are the other hats that they are wearing? And how can I embrace all of that to help them bring their whole selves to work? You
0: came back into a people leadership role with the team that you had been supporting, correct?
1: Right, yeah. So after about three years, the organization and the body of work that I was responsible for grew to the point that quite frankly, it was time to bring in the professionals. (laughs) It, It was time to bring in the folks who were true enterprise sales and services leaders and could take that business to its full potential. And we had gotten past that incubation stage. And I also was at a point where I missed the craft of HR. I think I told you, Andrea, the first time we talked, I remember driving home or excuse me, flying home from a very specific engagement on the East Coast. And I remember thinking, gosh, I would love to work for that CHRO. We had just sold the implementation of Workday, but I was so excited about the journey that that CHRO was going to take their organization on. And I thought, man, I would love to be a fly on the wall for that. It just reinforced for me, I love HR. I love the focus on bringing in the best talent, developing that talent, and hopefully retaining that talent within an organization. And I wanted to get back to that. And I was very passionate about the people and talent and culture at Aperio because I had had the benefit of being there from the very beginning. And so those two things converged and it was time for me to return to that seat. And so I'm grateful that I got to complete that life cycle, if you will, that I got to start in that talent seat, take that off ramp, do something completely different and then come back. And I'm also grateful for the amazing HR talent that led and built the team while I was off doing something else for the organization because I came back to an even stronger HR organization than I left. Yeah, I'll always be grateful to that. What
0: impact did your having led within the business? The level of knowledge you had around the challenges within the business, what impact did that have when you came back into the people leadership role?
1: I think it gave me a different perspective when we were making decisions about the strategy and direction of the overall organization. And when we were making decisions about the customer journey, that we wanted to create for our customers, I had the benefit of having spent time with our customers. Because of that, I think I leaned into my voice and I think contributed at a different level as a business leader, not just an HR leader at that table. Yeah, so the credibility that you gained. Absolutely, I also learned a lot of lessons. I learned that bad news does not get better with time. If we are struggling, right, and if we are not going to meet the expectations of our customers or we're having issues that need to be brought back to the table of the senior leadership team, don't try to solve things on your own. Bring those back to the leadership team that you know and trust and let them help you get to the right answer for your customer. I didn't do it all right. That's for sure. I was learning as I went. But all of that has contributed to how now when i carry the title of a business partner and that is how i see myself i think i spend equal amount of time if not more making sure i'm really getting a good understanding of the business and what we're trying to drive and almost putting that first because i at this stage know that the hr skill set is there So I can just trust that it's there and it'll be there when I need it. What I've got to do is make sure that I understand the business that we're trying to drive through and through. And then I can pull that skill set.
0: What advice do you give to other HR leaders?
1: The first thing that I would say is think back across your own journey and think about a time where you leaned in to try something new or you took a role that you didn't know that you were capable of, but somebody else saw that capability in you. So think about that and then think about how you can sponsor and pass that on that's the first call to action. If you're at a stage in your journey that that hasn't happened for you, seek out people in your community that could give you perspective on other roles and areas where you can contribute in the business, whether that is a formal role or not. And if you are asked to be a part of something or given an opportunity to try something different Take stock of who are those voices that are important to you that you want to listen to and lean in. I think I carried some fear initially that if I did this, would I find my way back to HR if this didn't work out (laughs) right? And what I think about now is particularly in HR... We have so many opportunities to go try different things and bring all that experience back to the leadership and motivation of teams. And so I really encourage folks, again, it doesn't have to be a formal job. It could be participating in committees and special project teams and things in your organization that are outside of the day job, but is lending you that perspective you don't get from your main job responsibilities, but to take the leap.
0: Yeah. And just asking questions anytime you're with a group of business leaders, right? really seeking to understand and get a sense of the impact their work has on customers and what they're doing and what their challenges are. Just asking questions.
1: Yes, absolutely. And depending on the organization that you're in, you know, you may even have the opportunity to sit in on some customer meetings and to listen in and hear what challenges your customers are facing. All of that is great experience, but you have to speak up and let your business partners around you know that this is something you want to explore and develop in yourself. Let folks know so that they can help you identify those opportunities.
0: My big takeaway from all of this is that using new experiences to hone my craft and also leveraging the support around me professionally, personally, those trusted advisors, you know, using them to really think through, think through and talk through the gut instinct that I have. Your story so well highlights both of those things, the power of new experiences
1: and the power of relationships. Thank you. It's so exciting to share all of that with you. My hope is that folks listening will use this as a confidence boost to lean in, to take on some of those new opportunities and challenges, or to think about an opportunity that they have to open a door and pass it on and give someone else a new opportunity as well.
0: Yes. Well, I share that. I share that intention. Jennifer, thank you so much for sharing your story today. If our listeners want to connect with you, what's the best way to do that?
1: Reach out via LinkedIn, please. I'd love to hear from you. Jennifer Taylor. Thank you, my friend. Thanks so much, Andrea. Thank you for
0: joining us for this episode. Please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast to never miss a being at work story.